I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Horse Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson. And today we've called in the expert, Matt Waterworth. He is known as the Bit Expert. And he's here to give us some advice on what bits you need to be looking for, depending on what breed you've got. And also, of course, what discipline you're thinking of doing. This is Horse Hour. Welcome to a special episode of Horse Hour where we're going to be giving you as much advice as possible on bits. So we've called in Matt, the bit expert. How are you, Matt? I'm good, thanks. Good. Well, I'm hoping you can put our minds to rest because we did speak to you a while ago about bits and we kind of touched on a few different types of breeds with bits. And I thought this time, let's just go all out and you can give us as much advice as possible. <laughs> let me secrets out of the bag <laughs> well we don't have to let all of them but basically <laughs> we just like a little bit of help of what we should be looking for depending on what we want to do and the type of breed of horse that we have yeah so where should we start million dollar question with bits <laughs> okay let's start with the most popular breeds then yep um your most popular that you get that's bitting issues are usually cob types mm-hmm. so you start to get things that are Chunky and fat around the mouth, so they have chunky lips, chunky tongues, not as much room in as just your everyday sort of middle of the road things. Yeah. So people start to have tongue issues, break issues, things like that. And uh, a lot of the time it's just people using the wrong bit to start with, which is why everybody gets in contact with us. With the cobs, it's more get them comfortable in the mouth. And because a lot of time your cobby types have a big big set but bigger and when they do start to get heavy then people start to notice it and hmm. um, so going double jointed for a cob so anything with a lozenge or even a french link lozenges are nicer than a french link so going towards a lozenge creates a wider joint in the middle of the tongue and starts to follow the shape of the tongue better mm-hmm. and stops the squeezing on the side so with a single joint you get a lot of squeezing on the bars, the lips, the edges of the tongue, going double-jointed, relieves all that, and also, as I said, follows the, the shape of the mouth better. If you start to relieve all this, then when this do start to get heavy, which is the one of the main problems that people get with that type, the um, relieve these pressures that they start to put on, they don't tend to lean against the bit as much, mm-hmm. then, then you don't need to start to bit as much on the cheek. When you've got the wrong mouthpiece and you start to bit with a, a stronger 
cheek piece. Then you've got to put more more pressure in the mouth. And then they're going to go against the pressure even more because they're not liking the pressure. And it's just a battle of wills until someone gives in and usually it's the rider before the horse. So what would be your top three points then to look out for for a cob? For a cob, how chunky the tongue is. If you just part the lips and just have a sneak peek in there, if it looks like it's struggling to fit in there and uh, looks like the tongue's wanting to come through the gap in the teeth, then that's a bit that's a that's a big telltale that if you've got something that's starting to get heavy that you've got a lot of pressures on the corners of the tongue and really the the skin around the the edges of the lips if you if you just have a have a look there it's usually big and fat and fleshy and that's usually where it, where a lot of the pressure gets applied as well so taking out then specific problems that or behavior problems or issues that people might mm-hmm. have with horses let's just go on the generic level yep. your type of bit that you would recommend for the standard cob would be standard cob a, a a lozenge anything branded is better because they have a better shape to them um if you go cobby types uh, a neutral transangled lozenge usually answers a million uh, problems that you get with the cobs Brilliant. And we all have to remember as well the size of the width of the bit. It has to be measured depending on each horse. Yeah, it does. And, and each bit will fit different as well. So a lozenge might fit better than a, than a single joint because your single joint doesn't follow the conformation of the mouth as much. Mm-hmm. Then it'll take up more in the mouth. So you might need a bigger single joint than you do with a double joint because it's, it's, it's going to follow the shirt better. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So on to the next breed. Where can we go next? Uh, one of the most common ones are thoroughbreds. Mm-hmm. Thoroughbreds are a totally different kettle of fish than your cobs. So then you've got something that's not got fleshy lips, hasn't got an awfully big tongue, but where it has got, it's got a really low palate, the roof of the mouth. So what you find with a lot of thoroughbreds is they become very fussy, you get a lot of head shaking. And then when people are trying to get them to con- contact, they get they get really, really fussy and really inconsistent. So you might find they're on the contact, they're off the contact, they're on the contact, they're off the contact. The main thing with a thoroughbred is that because they've got a low palate, and but they haven't got a massive tongue, they don't have that much room in there because the roof of the mouth is pushing the bit back down onto the tongue. Mm-hmm. So thinner the better. Ah. People think you go in more severe going to a thinner bit, but going back to the horses, going against any pressures that they don't like, if you're going to have a happier horse that isn't then going to be going against any pressures, then they're not going to be going against the thinness of the bit. Right. So a thoroughbred likes thinness just to create more room in there. And also anything single joint, because they've got the low roof of the mouth, anything single joint is going to act straight on the on the roof of the mouth, on the palate. Mm. And that's when you get a lot of head tossing. The fussiness usually comes from things like French links or lozenge. Because it's low again, because there's a lot of movement in the mouth, then they irritate them. So that's when you get the fussiness, the inconsistent on the contact, things like that. Mm. So going simple, thin with a thoroughbred will uh, really get them calm in the mouth, fitting the mouth better, basically listening to you. They, they are very simple creatures. <laughs> the thoroughbreds just like simple things, nothing over the top. Don't, you don't need fancy cheek pieces there with loads of pole pressure, curb pressure, things like that. They, they don't generally respond to it. So... The bit you'd use, I use a lot of time, is going towards your mile range, mm-hmm. which have a fixed barrel in the middle. So the barrel doesn't move a lot. It doesn't irritate. It doesn't put point pressure on the on the roof of the mouth. 
and really calms them down in the mouth. And so you get a lot calmer, not fussing, no head shaking, thoroughbred. So the three main things then that we should be looking out for if we've got a thoroughbred are? The main thing is how low the palate is. Okay. So as soon as you, you look in the mouth, if you, if you put your, your thumb into the roof of the mouth, it, you're straight there. You, you don't have to go and feel for it. So that makes the whole mouth smaller. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Could you just repeat again, sorry, the type of bit that would be best for a, a standard thoroughbred? Yeah, it's a, a, a mile comfort snaffle. Very simple bit. It's 10 mil thick. Your standard bits are 16 mil. Um, so you, you're going a lot thinner, but in return, you're creating more space in their mouth. Brilliant. Thank you. Okay, on to the next breed then. Next, we go towards your big, your Dutch warm bloods. Mm. They're on the same scale, so your cobby types with fleshy fat tongues. You usually get the thickest tongues come from your, your warm bloods. So you get a lot of people that, because you get the bigger, because the bigger horses and standard bits create a lot of tongue pressure from. So you find that the big horses start to bear down and cause the big chunky lads, then they feel really, really heavy. Um, as with, I was explaining with the thoroughbred that they have a low palate. Your warm blood don't, so they have then they have room to take something that's going to start to be ported and relieve any tongue pressure. So a warm blood has the big thick tongue, fleshy lips, and then room in there to accept something that's going to go up into the roof of the mouth where like your thoroughbred doesn't. Mm. So anything that has shape to it is various bits on the market these days. You've got your usual do, you've abandoned your team-ups, you've got your Springer Dynamics, do and do a, a few different kinds of uh, shape bits. All are creating a nicer shape, again, that's going to follow the, the shape of the mouth and take any pressure off the middle of the tongue. Mm. Is, is when, they, when they get the tongue pressure, you'll either find that they start to throw the tongue over the bit or bear down against it and start to lean on your hands. So anything that's going to be, that's going to have more of a shape to it and more multi-linked in the mouth, Mm. is giving them more room in them for creating better shapes. If you stick towards a loose ring instead of a fixed cheek, you'll find that they can position the bit where they want mm. rather than um, being on a fixed cheek and being clamped in the mouth where they can't move the bit. Mm. So being on a loose ring, they can position the bit better. And then if they do try to lean, the mouthpiece moves on the on the ring. Okay. So then... It's not straight on your hands. If they lean on a on a, something that's fixed, like hanging cheek, as soon as they lean, it moves the it moves the the cheek piece as well, and then you feel that straight in your hands. So instantly, people are going to try and fight back against that, mm. and the horse fights back against them. And then again, it's a battle of wills until usually the horse wins because they're ten times bigger than us. Mm. <laughs> so, what type of bits would you recommend? So, warm blood, you've got, there's, there's a few bits. You've got your new silver bindend, your Sprenger Dynamic. Yeah. Uh, Steuben do some, uh, can't remember the names. They have some uh, weird and wonderful names. They're Steuben bits. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you'll notice that instead of straight arms from the ring to the, to the lozenge in the middle, mm-hmm. you'll find that you've got some cranked arms that are creating shape in the mouth. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Okie doke. Next breed. Oh, million dollar question, where do we go next? Have you got any breeds? Mine's a cobby type, so he's a Covered Frisian cross Gelderlander. Yeah. How about a lighter horse like the Arab? Arabs are 90% the same as your thoroughbred in the mouth. So with an Arab, you find that the traits that I went through with the 
the uh, the thoroughbred. Yeah. They again have the lower palate. The, the tongue's not that big, but again, they don't have much room in the mouth because of the lower palate. Mm. And things that apply to a thoroughbred apply to an Arab as well. Um, what you can find with an Arab, because they're not as simple creatures as your uh, your thoroughbred, you can get away with starting to change the cheek piece. So they might appreciate something that's even still in the mouth. So going towards a hanging cheek. So your hanging cheeks your cheek piece still rather than being being able to move on the ring like on a loose ring mm-hmm. so it's, it suspends the, the bit in the mouth and keeps it a lot stiller and it keeps the pressure off the tongue as well because it's it's hanging on the on your cheek piece mm. and not just being able to move and and the weight go onto the uh onto the tongue so yeah your arabs very similar to your thoroughbred but can like stiller bits but are not a simple creature so usually usually a trickier customer than a, a thoroughbred <laughs> <laughs> They're tricky in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and would that be the same then for something like the Andalusian? You get into some breeds that don't follow as many traits right. as the ones we've been going through. So, yes, they can follow that. But with a, say, with a thoroughbred, I might have, with things that I already know, first off, changing a bit, I might have a 75% success rate with the first bit on a, on a thoroughbred. Mm-hmm. With something like your Andalusians, it may take time. They're getting more fussy characters, not simple fixes come to them. So you start having to change mouthpieces and cheek pieces with things like that. It's like going towards your Arab. Um, very similar to your thoroughbreds as well is the uh, your Appaloosas. Mm-hmm. Um, bits were designed around Quarteros in America. Right. So anything that's similar to those, this, you, you, you find a trait that you find that things like that work. So very similar mouth confirmations to your Arabs. Mm. your Appaloosas, your thoroughbreds, things like that. So those are the kind of like, those are the standard, the most generic, most common breeds. Mm-hmm. Now, if we go something a little bit more technical, what are your top tips of what we should be looking out for in case we need to change our bit? I don't know, some of the most common things that we might see our horses do that would make us think, actually, we need to look at changing our bit. Uh, one of the main ones is heaviness. Horses always lean against something they don't like where us if we don't like something we probably back off it horses will lean against it well not 100 percent of the time but more often than that they're going to lean against it and go against it and try and go through it hmm. rather than away from it so things like being just heavy on the hand usually means that your bit's a bit too fixed so just watch what you're, you're putting in the mouth especially like your cobby types your warm blood types the loose you can go on the ring so a loose ring or anything like that that's that's movable on the ring gives them more freedom. And when they try to lean, they're not leaning directly onto the onto the cheek piece, mm-hmm. and not onto your arm, so they don't feel as strong. So as soon as they can't lean against something, it's going to make them work more from behind and off your forehand, really. So okay, the, one of the main things is yeah, heaviness. Just look at what you're using. How fixed is it? What the mouthpiece? If you're in a single joint, try going to a double joint and more looseness in the mouth. Mm. The looser you go in the mouth, the less likely they are to lean against it. So going towards uh, a Waterford mouthpiece, which is multi-linked, that gives them when they try and lean against that, that gives them nothing. So that really should make them back off the bit because right. there's nothing for them to lean against. They all don't follow that, but it is a general rule that you can follow and when you say loose you're talking about the cheek pieces or the fact that it's got a, a lozenge or something like that it's not the length of how far down or how no, loose no. it is from the pole into the mouth yeah yeah no don't start to 
if you start to slacken your, your cheek piece off and have the have the bit further into the mouth, then you'll start with all sorts of problems. <laughs> um, yeah, always keep always keep your cheek piece not tight but not slack. So there's a bit of give there. Um, general rule is that if they have a couple of creases on the corner of the mouth, not smiling too much, then you, your bit's usually tight enough on the cheek piece. But yeah, if if you're having problems, I'd, as long as you're following that sort of rule that it's in the right position in the mouth then um, keep with that and change the change the bit. Okay. Thank you. What other things should we be looking out for? Obviously, if there's, say, like any cuts or grazes in the side of the mouth. Yeah, yeah. First thing is that if the bit's too tight and it's nipping, a lot of general bits don't have any forgiveness if they lip, if, 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 if you fleshy, if they're fleshy around the lip, if they're getting close or overhanging the joint between a loose ring and a mouthpiece, then the nipping can start. If you notice any branded sort of bits getting too more expensive stuff, they usually have a bit of a chamfer where the so the loose ring goes through the mouthpiece. So if any skin does get in there, it's not as prone to, to nipping. Yeah. But yeah, one thing to watch out for is is getting the lips too close to the to mouthpiece. Um, some people get confused to nipping to using a lot of time using single jointed bits a lot of like your show jumpers in your three ring four ring gags they're getting a lot of action on the bit it could look like the nipping but usually it's from using a single jointed bit and all that pressure it's just the sheer squeeze of the bit splitting the lips with pushing them back against the uh, the horse's gum really and so when the action of the bit goes the the single joint folds in half and then the bars of the bit are squashing then the face into the, the lips into the into the gums and you, you get you can get splitting in the corners and so you need to change your bit yeah 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 and then again go in to something that's double jointed or stop as much pressure and also fit the mouth better mm, okay thank you anything else we should be looking out for getting the tongue over the bit ah is a big one that people ask and it's just generally it's just usually down to tongue pressure a lot of people think the horse is salivating well in the bit drooling it's all drip there's foaming at the mouth sometimes it's not as good as what you think because if they've got a big tongue and you've got some sort of like mullen mouth straight bar bit in it it might be clamping the tongue down horses create liters upon liters of uh, saliva every day um so clamping their tongue down they can't swallow so when you're riding they can't swallow everything it's not going down, it's coming out. So it might look like they're forming nicely. There's foam dripping off the mouth, but it's usually because they can't swallow because mm. the tongue's being clamped down. And again, that's when now these days we have a lot of shaped bits. So just your branded stuff generally has a nicer shape to it. And so it starts just to relieve the pressure off the tongue. Then we have bits of ports. Um, there's, all courts, there's all types of ports. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And uh, depending on what type of bit you want, but yeah, anything that's going to start relieving pressure off the tongue is going to start help them not wanting to draw the tongue back and, and put the tongue over the bit. Once mm. they've got the tongue over the bit, they've relieved every bit of pressure there is, and they're happy. You have no control. So back to drawing board. <laughs> In that instance, what bit would you recommend? It's different with a lot of braids, depending on how big the tongue is and how sensitive they are to tongue pressure, mm. is to what degree you need to relieve that pressure. So as I said, like going towards your neutral and your Sprengers, just your, your neutral trans or your, your Sprenger, um, I forgot the bloody word. <laughs> yeah. You don't. <laughs> I've had a mind blank on bits. <laughs> so I. Your um, yeah, your, your general Sprenger. They they don't have straight. They don't have straight arms on 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 the bit. Mm. The bit that connects from the from the cheek piece into the lozenge in the middle. If you notice, they have they take a bit of the weight out of them, which helps with the shape, and they are slightly curved. So like your copy types, it just starts to relieve that that pressure slightly. And then you've got, as I said before, with like your arm blood, you've got your Bin team up your dynamics, things that have a lot of shape to them. So your bigger breeds that have a bigger tongue, it starts to create even more room. And then, sort of like, then when you get into a fixed bit, because they're just like your pelums, your hanging cheeks, things like that, because they can't move on the earthpiece, so they can't position them in a where it's more comfortable. You start having to go for a, a port, a larger port. Then, mm-hmm. so these bits create a port 
just naturally. What's a port? When you get a sort of a, a bridge shape coming into the middle of the bit. Right. So, so then you start getting, you know, to the mouthpiece lifts in the middle. So it's getting art. There's lots and lots of different variations. Um, just watch that the ones with the small little port in the middle don't really take much pressure off the tongue. They give them relief in the middle, but they'll still clamp the outsides of the tongue mm-hmm. down. So if something's getting its tongue over the bit, you want a long sweeping port rather than a small little port in the middle. Brilliant. Thank you. What For youngsters and for older horses? Um, younger horses. What would you recommend? The old-fashioned way is players on the bit. You've got the spoon bits that have like paddles in the middle of the bit. Personally, I don't know what they were ever thinking. Um Oh, really? they're, just, they're just putting more and more in the mouth or the players giving something to play with start to cause problems personally other people might say otherwise or had better better reactions than what other people have with youngsters from them but the old-fashioned bits are a big no-no to me don't be afraid of starting a horse off in a bit that you might think you're going to ride it in don't don't be thinking, oh, you have to put in one of these, bit, the old tight bits, because that's what youngsters go in. It's really down to the breed again. Get something that's not going to cause any problems in there. If you're trying to break a horse and you've, you've got, say, a thoroughbred and you're putting a single joint in again, mm. you've got problems from the start. So think from the start of what the breed is, what the mouth conformation is, and don't have any problems from being a youngster. Even when they're in hand, if you're going to cause a problem, then you're more likely to cause a habit and then breaking a habit is a whole different ball game to to just cut, just uh, solving a bit of problem. Once they've got a habit, it can take weeks, months, years to get out of the habit, mm. depending on how long, they, how long they have, they've had it. So, yeah, really think about what breed it is as a youngster and start a bit from there. And would you start with a soft bit? Yeah, yeah just, just start with a, a snaffle mm-hmm. um, and go from there. And every youngster is different, but... Yeah, just start with something as simple as possible that's going to meet the mouth conformation, not be putting point pressure in the mouth, nothing that you're going to start to fight against. And hopefully, my thinking is that if you're nothing to fight with in the beginning, then the progression of how they're going to listen to you and and learn is going Mm. to be far quicker. And they'll enjoy it more because they're more more relaxed and they're more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. So then going on to the, the elder age group of the horses, they've been there, done that, done a lot of work, but does yeah. their mouth conformation change? Does it become more sensitive as they get older? It can do if you've had, if there's been any trouble over the years, like with nipping or dental work, things like that, if they get scar tissue, especially with the nipping on the lips, if the, if a horse has been nipped and had split lips for, for years and years, it'll have scar tissue, that becomes very sensitive to them. So then when we're trying to solve bit issues or they're coming out of, say, being a cross-country horse and they're just becoming a happy hack and people having problems, sometimes scar tissue becomes really sensitive and it's then something we can't then really bit round. It's always going to be there. Mm. Um, same with any dental work that's ever happened. If, if there's anything that's making them more sensitive, then that's when we get the problem that, a lot sometimes you can't get away from it we just have to go with some like more forward cut bits that go forward in the mouth that take it that generally take the bit to slightly different place in the mouth than what it was before but usually with things like that you never 100 percent solve them you just have to sort of go around round the problem and 
get to a happy medium where everybody's happy. But they are more sensitive. They can be what's happened in the past. Not, I'm not saying veteran horses no. are sensitive, <laughs> but you, that's when you we tend to find that sensitive issues come in is when you're trying to get a hold. They've got an old horse that they're wanting to either bring back into work because it's been out for a while or it was doing X, Y, and Z, but now it's just hacking around the fields and doing things like that, then that you don't necessarily need to use the big bits that you did when you were sure jumping cross country or anything like that. Hmm. So then it's just to, to nurse the older horse with a, a nicer bit that's that's going to suit everybody. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because they don't need the big heavy bits if, they, if you're not, you know, if you've got good brakes huh. and, um, and you're just having a bit of fun and pottering about. It, it seems pointless to have a real harsh bit in their mouth. Yeah, until they remember what they used to do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on to the different disciplines then. When you're competing, mm-hmm. what bits are you allowed? It's probably easier to say what bits are you allowed rather than what bits are you not allowed. Yeah, the, the big one is dressage, which personally I think is massively behind the times and needs updating, but that's just my opinion. Basically, dressage, anything that creates pole pressure isn't allowed. So dressage, if it's an aid, which they deem that pole pressure is an aid, then it's not allowed. So general snaffles, your loose ring, egg butt, hang cheek, full cheek are what, what you've you've got to work with. Sorry, could you repeat that? You're allowed you're allowed in dressers, you're allowed to use basic snaffles. Nothing that's gonna nothing's gonna fix your, your rein below your mouthpiece. So right. then you don't get any rotation on the on the cheek piece and that's gonna cause pole pressure. Mm-hmm. So you've got your loose ring and your hanging your hanging cheek your full cheeks, which are the ones with the, the big spikes either side, egg butts, any simple snaffle is allowed. And say anything that creates, an easy, easy way to do it, if it creates pole pressure, then generally it's not allowed. So why do you think it needs updating? What what don't you like about it? It's mainly the, the mouthpieces, because these days we have a lot of bigger breeds that need ports. British dressage, and well, they follow with uh, FAI, that anything that's ported, is it allowed? So now we've got the bigger, a lot of bigger breeds than what we used to have in doing dressage. Then when we need to relieve pressure off the tongue, we can't. And so what we find is that to get around this, what we usually do is training something that's not dressage legal, then put them in the nearest thing that we can um, for the test and hope they do as well as what they've, they've been doing training. And um, so, yeah, I think it needs updating. Whether it does or not is uh, a different matter. But yeah, it's it's very old fashioned. It's it's not it's not been kept with the times. There's been small changes, but nothing massive for a long time. And you're allowed like double reins, aren't you? Yeah. Then going into the uh, when they start using a double, it's it's very limited. The amount of awareness we, we can use and things like that is very limited. So it's just it needs a whole new thought about maybe get somebody that's. <laughs> a bitting specialist, something like that, has a bit more input into it. I don't understand why they don't keep... They change a lot of rules, but there's very rarely a bit change rule in there. What do the, what do the double reins do? So then you've got uh, a curb rein as well, so you start to apply curb pressure. So you've got you've got your one rein as on, your, on your snaffle rein, uh, like when with any other bit, really. Mm. And then you've got your bottom rein which is your curb rein so then you're starting to create uh, pole pressure and 
curb pressure on a curb rein. But you're not allowed to use curb pressure. You, you can when you go into a double, which is more advanced dressage then. But it is, again, it's very limited to what you can use, what you can't use when you do go into it. So the, the amount of mouthpieces we can use then are limited. And then there's not really, there's not much you need to change on the, the shanks. They're all similar because they're, they're just a straight shank. Sounds a bit painful to me, Matt. I don't, I don't think I like the sound of it. Yeah, when, you, when you've got a big breed that doesn't have much room in its mouth and you're trying to get two bits in, never mind one, mm. and get them comfortable, it can cause a lot of problems. But when you when they are going to a double, then you find that it's more advanced level. You've got better riders that can that can use different airs with the riding things like that. That that they're better at coping with it than us amateurs mm. at low level. So maybe yeah, a lot of using the bit can be down to the rider. Not everybody can ride in the same bit. And again, this same with a youngster or somebody that's old on the same horse. You, you might not necessarily use the same bit because they're not as strong. They can't hold the hold the horse like you do. And so a lot of bitting is bitting towards the rider as well as the horse sometimes. Mm. That's interesting. So if you are more of an amateur, I guess you want a softer bit, do you? The one that's not going to move around so much and, and cause any damage? Yes and no, but you might need to give a stronger signal than what somebody that's stronger than you say is can give naturally because they're mm-hmm. a stronger person so you might just need that little bit of a uh, a lift yourself from the bit so like when somebody can ride off a loose ring if you put some someone that's a lot younger on a, a horse and the horse isn't listening to them then you can go to a bevel or a loop ring they call them which is basically a, a loose ring that starts to fix the cheek and the and your rein on the bit so you get a bit of action on the loose ring so it feels the same to the horse, but when somebody starts to ask, then starts to apply a bit of pole pressure, really, and uh, gives the horse a reminder that you're there rather mm. than being able to ignore someone that's not as strong as the horse. Oh, okay. What about show jumping, then? If you're competing and you go into your first competition, what bits are you allowed? If you watch a lot of show jumping, you see a lot of big gags. Uh, the main reason for a gag is that it's going to give more bar pressure. And as I said before, that when... A horse feels pressure, will generally go against it. So if you put pressure on the bars, which are the basically the gums running down either side, if you put pressure on the bottom on bottom bars, then the horse will go against it and generally raise the head. So when you're coming into a jump, put a bit of bar pressure on, they raise the head and they can see where they're going, mm-hmm. not keeping the head nice and low and plowing through a jump. So when you're show jumping, you want a, it, it depends how the natural head carriage and how they naturally ride into a jump. A lot of horses need the added ability that you can ask them to lift their head up and look where they're going. That's clever. So that's when you see a lot of gags or a lot, anything that we're a big, well, not a big shank, a shank that's going below the mouthpiece then to start to give pole pressure and bar pressure, start to lift the head and mm. see where they're going and hopefully jump over the jump. Are there any bits that are banned in the UK that maybe you could get somewhere else that you really, you know, don't use? Uh, I won't say band you do tend to find that people say oh, they, they, they don't like certain types of bit i've never come what i bit with and what the general public can buy without going too far afield isn't allowed there's some weird and wonderful things if you start to search the internet these days that will be frowned upon and not necessarily banned but you won't be liked for using them 
Mm. Cross country then, what bits are you allowed to use for cross country competing? Uh, it depends on what level you're at. The level that most people compete at, there, there won't be any really restricted bits that we use. Again, when bitting cross country, whereas in show jumping, we might want to be able to hold the horse back, collect the horse before a jump. Cross country is generally letting the horse go and you don't you don't need to be as strong at times. But then again, sometimes you have the horses get really strong when they're out in the field mm-hmm. and then you need to go with bigger, stronger bits that you'd be able to collect the horse and get it under some some control. Okay, thank you so much, Matt. So your overall, is there anything that you'd advise on, you know, overall? Um, check what you're bitting first. Big mistake is to use the same bit as Joe Bloggs at the stables because it worked for their horse. Dependent on breed, what you're doing, you, a lot of the time they don't work and people riding bits that aren't suited because somebody said, my horse goes in it. My general rule is don't ride in something just because somebody else is riding it. Check what you're, you're bitting in your horse, what you're doing with it, and have a look in there. See what's happening in there. Can you feel, is the palate feel really low? Do the lips feel really chunky? Does the tongue look big? They're really three main things to look for when you're, when you're putting a bit in a horse's mouth. Thank you so much. If we want any help, then we can actually contact you on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, at The Bit Expert on Twitter. At The Bit Expert. And you're on Facebook as well. Yeah, yeah, if you search for The Bit Expert on Facebook, you'll find me as well. Brilliant, Matt. Thanks so much. No worries. See you. Bye. See you later. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you for subscribing to Acast Plus. You can hear all sorts of exclusive episodes, plus you get to hear every episode of Horse Hour before everybody else. So right now you can hear Narvin Kerr, who's a physiotherapist for Trey Health, and she looks after international show jumper Jay Hallam. I also talked to Jay about his story, what it's like being a show jumper. It turns out he trains eventing horses too, so he's been in the eventing industry for a long time. He tells us the different between the two what it's like to be a show jumper and uh, also some of the struggles that he's been through because it's not easy trying to run a business and train horses and be a professional show jumper we also speak to Gemma Tattersall. I had a lovely hour with her. She told us everything. What it's like to ride at badminton, preparation for Rio, her horses that she's got. It was just amazing. So I hope you enjoy listening to her interview. And then there's Rosemary Lang. She is part of the Mark Davies Injured Riders Fund. Now, Rosemary was friends with Mark Davies when he sadly lost his life. So his family and his friends set up a fund in recognition of him and in memory of him. And uh, the fund is amazing. They do such great work from not only supporting riders that have been injured whilst they've been riding, but also, you know, if there's anything that they need, then the money that they have goes towards helping them. So it could be a machine that they need or they might need a wheelchair or they might need advice of where to go. Then that's where Rosemary's team come in. So you can listen to all those on ACUS+. And don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Amy Stevenson one and Horse Hour at Horse Hour. And check out our website, www.horsehour.org. I'll speak to you soon. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag Horse Hour. Follow Amy at Amy Stevenson one and go to horsehour.org for more equestrian advice and information. 